What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football in the NFL at large for SportingNews.com. So come over to the site, check out all the things we have up, prepping you for week three already, the rankings and matchups to look at. And that's what we do here throughout the week on Locked On Fantasy Football. And on Tuesdays, you know by now if you're a loyal listener, it's Pickup Tuesday. It's helping you decide who to prioritize on the waiver wire in your leagues or if you use a free agent acquisition budget, where to throw your money at more. And uh, there's a lot to talk about with running back because a lot of injuries, the attrition has started to hit. It's already week two and we've already seen people uh, go down here. So we'll get to that in a moment. Just a quick rundown of what we saw from the Eagles and Bears. Carson Wentz played pretty well, still not dazzling fantasy stats, 190 and a touchdown. The real story is that Ryan Matthews is going to have value here, even if uh, he's not going to get a lot of touches. He only had nine carries in this game for 32 yards, but he's the goal line back of choice, and he punched it in easily there for two touchdowns. So that was nice to see, and despite the committee work with again Darren Sproles and Wendell Smallwood and Kenyon Barner involved that Matthew still could produce like that because of his scoring ability. So that's always going to be there. Quite night for the Eagles receivers, but uh, Jordan Matthews to me is the only uh, weekly start from that group. And keep an eye on Trey Burton if you lost uh, Zach Ertz there. That we thought Brent Selleck would be a little bit more involved. He did have a target there that was knocked away. That would have been a touchdown, but Burton did score in this game at five catches, forty-nine. So. He has to be on your radar again. On the Bears' side, uh, Jay Cutler, disastrous. He's not being able to do anything with this offense despite having Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey's pretty much the only guy you can totally trust in this offense. Brian Hoyer might need to take over if Cutler's hand is bad. I, I think that's still going to help Jeffrey because Hoyer's probably going to target Jeffrey more. I think other receivers you cool off on. Jeremy Lankford didn't look good, but you'll take the touchdown. Not much more to see there, only... 34 yards from scrimmage, so keep an eye on uh, Jordan Howard, and he's a guy that um, is a deeper potential pickup. So that's where we need to start this week is the running backs because it was a mess of injuries, and you knew this was going to happen, especially with the older backs, and really uh, three of these guys are on the older side, which has happened to, and two or more kind of in the pseudo committees anyway, but we will uh, get to those guys as well, but the headliner was Adrian Peterson. We don't know if he's going to play this week with a torn meniscus. He's hoping to. He's superhuman. So in Carolina, it would not surprise me if he's active, but it's leaning toward more that the 
Vikings need to be careful there too. And oh, this might be a tough game for them to win anyway with AP. He hasn't really done much yet and really disappointed his owners anyway at the production. So I think they need to get him back to health to have him effective here. And so you look at Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata, and these two guys, you can expect McKinnon to get most of the touches here because he gets involved in the passing game. He has a little bit more dynamic ability on the early downs as well. But Asiata, we know it can be a grinder. We know that if he's in scoring position, he's going to pop into the end zone. He's the better option with the bigger body there. So I think McKinnon is clearly the pickup here, but uh, Asiata needs to be owned everywhere. I think McKinnon, very much higher coveted. I think he could be gone in a lot of leagues where Asiata is probably available in most every league right now. So you want a piece of this Vikings backfield. They do want to run the ball. They haven't looked good doing that, but they can't afford to keep having Sam Bradford drop back. The offensive line's not good enough, so they need to take pressure off him. Asiata is going to have value more in standard leagues. McKinnon will have a little bit more value in PPR, but again, McKinnon might be taken, but you have to go after Asiata as well. The other situation is the older back is Jonathan Stewart, and in that flip side of the Vikings-Panthers game, he might not be out there, and he probably will miss more than that with the hamstring injury. So now what do you do? You had Fozzie Whitaker have the big game because Cameron Artis-Bain wasn't active, and Mike Tolbert was really not much used there. But I think you have to look at Cameron Artis-Bain. When Stewart really was out, he's more of the guy that can replace what Stewart does. With Whitaker, they may do in that first matchup, but it also was against the 49ers a team that uh, they were easily moving the ball on and kind of had some garbage uh, rushing opportunities there. I think Cameron Artis-Payne more is needed to be the tougher runner here. I know Mike Tolbert's always in this mix, but if you look at talent-wise, Artis-Payne is got the goods more than these other guys. Whitaker and Tolbert are more role players and might steal a few touches, but Artis-Payne, if will be active if Stewart's out. They need that type of a runner. That's why they drafted him two years ago to to be that super sub when needed. So he more fits the profile. So I think Whitaker, a lot of people are going to go after him. I think Car- Cameron Artis-Payne is the better pickup from that backfield. We have to also talk about Doug Martin. He got banged up, and we don't know if he can play against the Rams. It's a tough matchup, but Charles Sims... Immediately shoots up in value. I think he's owned in a lot of leagues, especially in PPR. He's definitely owned. So there's not much else to go there. But if someone's sleeping and you're in a shallow league with 10 teams and Sims is still out there, you got to pick him up this week because he's going to be involved steadily anyway, and he has been. But now with Martin out, he has a clear value of being consistently involved as a runner and a receiver in this offense. The fourth situation to look at with a little younger back is Amir Abdullah. He came into the season with a shoulder. He has a foot injury now. Theo Riddick probably was gobbled up in a lot of leagues after his breakout there in week one, but he still might be that out there a little bit. His value is definitely to the point of he has to be owned everywhere with Abdullah banged up. But the guy you look at behind is the rookie, D. Wayne Washington. Zach Zenner is nowhere to be found. The buzzy big back, so to speak, of this offense. Washington, he had the touchdown in week one, showed a little bit more burst in week two. So I think it more has to be a Riddick-Washington type of situation to kind of uh, make up for what Abdullah gave them if he's out for a while. So I think Washington you can target, but 
I wouldn't be too high on him as these other guys because you know Riddick is going to have a big role and can play in early downs as well. Washington is more of a speculation stash for them. Keep in mind they do face a very tough Packers run defense at least early here in week three. Moving on to the other old back that we saw was Arian Foster. Had a growing issue there in the game against the Patriots. Had to come out. You look at how the distribution was, there wasn't much to see there with J.H.I. He got more involved in the passing game, which was a surprise. And then Kenyon Drake, who we thought was going to be the rookie from Alabama involved in the passing game, was the one who scored. So I think it's going to be some combination of Ajayi Drake. And it's a great matchup this week against Cleveland. So you have to have both of these backs on your radar. Damian Williams might be a little bit more, more involved, but he didn't get a touch last week when Foster was out. So I think it's... They want to see what they can do here with these young backs, Ajayi and Drakes, second-year guy, rookie. I think I would trust Ajayi a little bit more because he's had the longer offseason and more time with the team to really uh, settle a role maybe and has a little bit more upside. Drake is more of a change-of-pace type back. So I think for now, Ajayi looks like the better pickup than Drake, but I'm not too hot on these guys because of the presence of Williams always in this offense. He's just a kind of that uh, – do everything type back that the coaches like here. So if a Jai or Drake falters, you can easily see Williams kind of steal their touches in different situations early down or third down. So that's why I cool off on this situation a little bit more. Kenneth Dixon, uh, I think right there with Jordan Howard as a speculative rookie ad because he's behind two backs that are struggling, Justin Forsett and Terrence West. The Ravens running game is non-existent. I think Dixon is going to be out through week four, but Soon, I think Dixon can step in and lead this backfield. So you got to look at him. Then you look at uh, Alfred Morris. Ezekiel Elliott owners should be a little concerned that he fumbled, but the Cowboys still have faith in them. They did send a message there, and I hope if you're an Elliott owner that you do have Alfred Morris. You need to have him, not just for the potential of Elliott struggling more and being benched, but if he gets hurt, Morris is a plug-and-play right away and is going to produce beyond that offensive line. So you got to have Alfred Morris, especially if you're an Elliott owner. I think other people can also kind of stash him and maybe uh, hope for more attrition to happen here and uh, take advantage of that away from the Elliott owner. Wide receiver is the other, obviously, the hot position every time we look at uh, the waiver wire. And Tyrell Williams, we mentioned on the show last week, but we'll mention again, if he's still out there, believe it now, he's going to be a big part of this offense. It's not always going to be Travis Benjamin as the lead dog going off for 100 yards and two touchdowns. William did score himself. It's going to be bigger volume now that Danny Woodhead is gone as well as Keenan Allen. So Williams and Benjamin are going to have a lot more value all of a sudden, and you have to pick them up. Quincy Nunwa, I think, has to be picked up everywhere in standard and PPR. The Jets use him as kind of their tight end. He's really the third option in the passing game behind Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. He's too involved to keep ignoring here, and he's worth a pickup if you're struggling there at wide receiver three in standard leagues especially. I like Philip Dorsett as well. I'm just a little wary that I don't know if he can handle the same type of consistent coverage from better bat or defensive backs, and Dorsett might step into the matchup with Jason Verrett if uh, Dante Moncrief is out. But you got to look at Dorsett. It's a high-volume passing game in Indianapolis. He's owned in a lot of leagues, so that's why he's a little behind the other guys that uh, it's going to be hard to uh, see him out there. Uh, I think you look at Victor Cruz. 
uh, speaking of third receivers, he seems pretty involved with the Giants, even with Sterling Shepard and Orlando Buckham Jr. playing well. So I, I think he has to be picked up at this point because of uh, the things he can do in relation to those guys and get open. And very similar that we have, I think you look at a couple slot guys as well that have value is uh, Jameson Crowder. You look at him, the Redskins trust him more and more. They need somebody to step up behind Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson. Right now, Crowder, I think, is ahead in the pecking order when you look at Josh Doxson and Pierre Garçon. So Crowder has some value, especially in PPR. He's a slot guy. He did have value last year down the stretch as a rookie. I think he's a little bit more involved in this offense than you'd think. And Cole Beasley, we mentioned, as long as Dak Prescott is starting, He's really the number three option right there behind Des Bryant and Jason Witten. Terrence Williams is kind of an afterthought. Beasley's just so valuable in the middle of the field. PPR again, he doesn't have too much scoring attributes. It's usually a big game here or there where he goes off for one or two touchdowns in the right matchup. The Bears actually might be that matchup this week, but Beasley's worth an add, especially in PPR as a wide receiver for that you can rotate in, rotate in there. And then Two other guys I'll mention at this position that are kind of speculative. I'm not sure from week to week what you'll get. Tyler Boyd. We had Brandon LaFell as a pickup last week. I'm just not sure as the season progresses who's going to be the best option opposite A.J. Green. I think at some point Boyd's talent takes over there, and he was the more productive receiver, really more productive than Green and LaFell against Pittsburgh. And then Steve Smith. I know it's uh, the Mike Wallace show and the Dennis Pitta show, but Steve Smith is still out there and getting to that point. Brashad Perriman, you can fade hard, but Smith at some point you think is going to have to have a big role here working opposite uh, Wallace and uh, playing off what Pitta does as well. Now we t- talk a lot about stats and players and comparing players and knowing which guys to pick up that can help your fantasy team the best here short and long term. And, uh, a good app to help you with that is Sport Locker. It's a sports app you've never had but always needed. What I like about Sport Locker is that their database is ever-expanding. They have 50,000 athletes, coaches, teams, and venue profiles beyond the NFL. Stats galore for you. It is like nothing you've ever experienced. And with Sport Locker, the comparison feature is really unparalleled. You can quickly compare players side-by-side, side, kind of decide who's the better option for your fantasy team, or... If you just want to say one guy is better than the other and you want the stats to back it up in your bar arguments with your coworker or friend, that's where you go. Sport Locker is going to give that to you on the go on your phone. You can filter any player stats to see how they do with their splits, situational, all that good stuff to know when is a good time to play them and going forward. And the best thing is you can share all this with your friends. You can look at the player stats, accomplishments, uh, Compare other players and uh, show your friends, hey, this is a really great app to do this. And Sport Locker has over 50 million data p- points and counting. It's constantly adding new sports, features, data, and photos. So take it from Richard Sherman, Seahawks cornerback. He called it the best sports app, period. Be sure to download Sport Locker today on iOS. The Android version is coming soon. So we'll wrap up here looking at the tight ends, quarterbacks, and defenses that uh, you should be considering here. And with the tight end, this is going to be a revolving door. It's been kind of uh, up in the air here. You had uh, Greg Olson and Delaney Walker came back to have big games this week, but you're still waiting on Rob Gronkowski and Jordan Reed. 
has been kind of quiet in the Kobe Fleener. The consensus number uh, six in there has been kind of disappointing all year. So you're going to need help here all the time. Dennis Pitta, we mentioned last week, you got to go get him now. That game was perfect indication, 100-yard receiving game for a tight end. Certainly should be under radar. Kyle Rudolph seems like he's the second option there for Sam Bradford behind Stefan Diggs, and Rudolph is going to be a lot more involved than he was last year. So Rudolph needs to be picked up now coming off a scoring game. Jacob Tammy, pretty steady presence in that Falcons passing game. I think maybe more steady than Mohamed Sanu with Julio Jones. So a lot of trust from Matt Ryan to Jacob Tammy. So he's going to be more of that consistent guy that has a floor for you along with Pitta and Rudolph. For guys that are more touchdown-oriented, I look at Jesse James and Clive Walford. We mentioned Walford before he did score last week in a good matchup, James as well against the Bengals so these are guys more in the red zone that you're counting on but you're going to look at the fantasy points against and look at who allows the scores as we go along and those guys will be most valuable in that format and Vance McDonald two weeks two scores I don't know if he can keep it up in Seattle but he's someone that uh, should be rostered in deeper leagues as a potential tight end starter so you look at that position it's all over the place I think you have to be kind of diligent to uh Keep looking at guys that you can pick up, but it's becoming clear that there's a lot of different guys you can look at. If you go a little deeper, Jordan Cameron is starting to get some more love there in Miami and kind of be used more that he should have been last year. Adam Gaze is realizing that. So that's also out there. Just endless possibilities at tight end. You just have to maybe play streaming there if you're uh, struggling a bit. At quarterback, uh, streaming is the name of the game at this point. I mean, you're looking at a couple guys that are highlighted in matchups this week. I look at Ryan Tannehill. He's playing the Browns at home. He rebounded against that uh, Patriots defense to really put up pleasing fantasy stats. By the end of the game, he can do that in this game. I mean, Tannehill does prey on some bad teams, and this is one of them in his own house. Uh, he'll be ready to uh, pull the trigger at home in the home opener. And look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Chiefs' pass defense is not playing that well. I know Brock Osweiler didn't have a great line against them, but this is Fitzpatrick. He's going to do what you expect. He's going to exploit them with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. So you look at the 215-2 that Fitzpatrick's floor is at. Usually he only had a TD pass and the big passing game the other night, but I think that changes. He might have less volume throwing, but I think he can have a couple scores against the Chiefs. So those are your two streaming options. And Joe Flacco, I think he was a streaming option, but now I think he's a guy that you want to have more than just for the Cleveland game. You look at this week against Jacksonville, there's some potential there. So I think he needs to be rostered at least as a backup in uh, 12 QB leagues, maybe even in 10 leagues at this point. And and Dak Prescott, I think the touchdowns will come eventually. I do like the matchup against the Bears. I just can't trust them doing more than running a lot and him maybe running or throwing one touchdown. So I think it's going to be there as he gets more comfortable. But for now, I think Prescott is more of a 2QB type play against Chicago. Now, defenses, again, this is your streaming situation. And the one non-streamer I'll mention here that some people are going to probably drop are the Packers that you haven't seen a lot of turnovers, takeaways, pure domination from this team. But the sacks are there. They're stopping the run. I think it could really come to a peak here against uh, the Lions in their home opener at Lambeau Field. So I expect a leap from their 
guys, someone to jump into the end zone and uh, score here among their defense against the Lions. We know the Lions make a lot of mistakes, and they're going to be a little limited. So the Packers, if people are dropping them, I think you have to look at them as a team to pick up. The Giants as well, maybe a more sustainable team than we think. They've had two good outings against Dallas and New Orleans. They get Washington, a struggling offense there with Kirk Cousins in their building at MetLife. So the Giants have some playmakers there. Janoris Jenkins, some guys up front, obviously Jason Pierre-Paul and Olivia Vernon that can get sacks. So the Giants are a strong play this week. I think in going forward in a lot of uh, good matchups against anemic more anemic offenses, they're going to be valuable to you. The pure couple streamers for this week look to Florida. And you look at Tampa Bay playing the Rams, bad, bad offense going way cross-country to play down in Tampa. So you got to play all your defenses against the Rams. The Bucks are the answer this week. And you're going to have to start playing all your defenses against the Browns too. This week, Miami, they, they'll be out there and cheap and available for you to pick up. So, Dolphins or Bucks, if you play the streaming game, they're tailor-made for this. Two defenses that just got shredded that no one's going to want, yet they stepped back in at home to beautiful, beautiful matchups. So, you look going forward, uh, the Rams do have the Cardinals, and then they play the Bills and Lions. Bills and Lions are potential available teams here in the upcoming weeks against the Rams so you got to look at that anybody playing the Browns just keep them on your radar I think the Redskins are on deck as well to face them so this is how it's going to work out every year you target those two teams go from there it's good that we have two established targets two worst offenses in the league that are going to go at it with uh, Cody Kessler and uh, Case Keenan same initials same problems enjoy it so there you go that is another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. It was an enjoyable pickup Tuesday for week three. We hope that uh, you love this and uh, can subscribe on Audioboom and iTunes to get Locked On Fantasy Football delivered to you week daily. And be sure to listen to all the great podcasts across the Locked On Network. We've got all your NFL teams covered locally and our Locked On NFL show with Matt Williamson is an outstanding resource for insider scouting information. So for now, this has been Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll see you next time. I'm Vinny Iyer. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.